0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second episode of Room 2250. I'm your host, Hayden Lee, along with my co-host. I'm Christopher McCarriker. So Chris, usually on uh, talk shows, you know, you uh, start small. Yeah. And you, you know, you go big. Yeah. You know, you uh, begin with like B-list celebrities and then you work towards like Kanye. We're, well, starting, like, we're starting right at the, the superstars. Exactly. Today. We're starting with the superstars. Uh, Kanye. So, <laughs> please welcome Francois Pitt. Thank you. So, um, so Francois.
1: Yeah. Uh, how are you? I am. I'm doing fine, thank you. Um, I just hope my throat won't give out uh, part way through starting a bit of a cold, but that's okay. Well, <clears throat> if I if I have to go <clears throat> a few too many times, hopefully uh, listeners won't mind and. Uh, yeah, it should be fine. Should be fine.
2: <laughs> I think. I do it quite a bit actually. On, yeah. on, on episode one too. It's almost like I just like I don't know. Your throat gets really dry when you're talking a lot. I
1: think. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you would think, hey, wait a minute, this is a prof. Like he's got that training for talking yeah. all the time, right? <laughs> so he's good with it. But uh, yeah, but can't fight, uh, can't fight against those little viruses. Uh, yeah.
2: Sometimes I think we also get a <laughs> bit like conscious like- I think so too. Yeah, that's what happens with me quite a bit actually. When I have to like I'm talking on stage, on mic, just like oh man, like I don't know. I I, I understand. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. So Francois. Yes. Um, <laughs> So for those who don't know, who are you and what do you
1: do? Okay, Um, I am. so let's start with the official titles and all that, right? I'm an associate professor teaching stream in the Department of Computer Science. And what that means is um, I'm a faculty member who doesn't have to do research as part of his duties. I focus exclusively on the teaching. Um, And to top it off, for the last few years and, and this year again, uh, I'm working as the associate chair for undergraduate studies and what that means is I look after making sure that our undergraduate programs and courses are running smoothly, I help um, deal with any situations that come up that can't be handled directly by the instructors and, uh, and generally help make sure that all the rules and regulations and so on are, are followed properly and make exceptions when exceptions have to be made and so on.
0: So what's like your like day to day schedule?
1: Like? <laughs> I spend a depressingly large amount of time sitting at my desk answering email. <laughs> um, I'm afraid it's not very glamorous. Uh, I try to liven it up by uh, you know walking over to the undergrad office and having a quick chat about something and coming back and doing more email and that's really I'm um, uh, I'm afraid most of what it is. I mean that's
2: that's kind of almost like what being an undergrad is I think too, to some extent. Uh, Just Yeah.
1: Facebook messages or <laughs> Yeah, you, yeah. You, you spend a bunch of time glued to a desk, unfortunately, yeah. yes. I mean,
2: that's, I guess that's why, I feel like that's why a lot of people got
1: into CS, though. <laughs> 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 yeah, except, you know, it, I think for a lot of us in the teaching stream, uh, you, you'd find exactly the same feeling that the times when we can be up in front of a classroom doing the teaching... Those are the times that we look forward to the most. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the break in a sense. Yeah, yeah, of course it's part of the work, but that's the part where it's like, okay, this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be you know it, it's it's the fun part. It's uh,
0: it's it's not anything beats greetings. Like, yeah. Well, well, I mean, I assume maybe
2: maybe grading. Yeah, like, Yeah. Yeah,
1: grading is uh, not the funnest part of the job either. I yeah. I agree. Yes.
0: Plus the TAs are it, too. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, So how was your first week back?
1: It's been really hectic. Um, One of the things that happened uh, this year unfortunately is uh, just at the end of August we lost someone, uh, just temporarily, medical leave, uh, in the undergrad office. And so we ended up short staffed and with mostly a bunch of brand new people in the undergrad office and they're all doing a good job. They're all um, working like crazy to try to look after everything. But they don't have the same amount of experience, and so everything takes a bit longer and there's more to do, and there's fewer people to do it so it's just that perfect storm of of uh circumstances that's made things a little extra crazy um I mean starterfall is always a little crazy absolutely, but this year it's been it's been a little worse so you know, for anybody listening in, <laughs> please be patient with us and forgive us if things uh, aren't happening as quickly as you would like. We are working on it, um, but that's basically what the situation is.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, Chris,
2: how's your first week back? It's been it's been pretty good. Uh, I guess I've already started to get kind of like a swift like kick in the butt with some of my courses. Like, so <laughs> I've been taking four eleven. Uh-huh. It's, it's not it's not that it's 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 particularly you know in a vacuum hard. But so much, so much of the math is second year math, and me as like a final year student, I'm just like, oh man, I have done this math. in second year. So like you
1: managed to get in though. So but that's I, pretty good.
2: I, I do have, yeah. I mean, I have the prerequisites for it, okay. but just like, oh man, I, I haven't done some of the stats for two years now. So it's like I have to remember it all, uh-huh. and it's not so bad, like kind of learning these things individually, but kind of having to, uh, like the, when they just show these lecture slides, it's just so much. Fair, fairly simple statistics, but statistics nonetheless. I'm just—I like, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm gonna have to like spend yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. hours after this lecture remembering it all. Uh, so that's mostly been how it's how it's been for the first first week or so. What like, about you, Hager? I don't think you uh, you kind of been talking about that yet. <laughs> uh,
0: first, it's like I had. This is more or less like probably like the busiest week I I can remember. Yeah. I saw, and uh, it was already busy, um, like planned. Unfortunately, like we had, I had like a something come up. And that just made it that much worse. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm like, oh man, have so many things to do. Uh, I think like the way I can quantify it is like how many hours of games have I played this week? Yeah. And the answer is zero. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, that's how busy I am. I, 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 yeah.
2: I guess you're looking forward to. Um, I think right now that there's interviews for CSSU people. Yeah, i guess sh- you're looking forward to that to have to do you know less work. Less work once they yeah. they're on board. That's
0: yeah. So we'll go straight into housekeeping, but that's what we're looking for. Uh, so the CSSU uh, right now is uh, we're looking looking for applications for just general positions. Uh, we're looking for first year reps, uh, webmaster, which is people who more or less will take care of the CSSU website, and office ops, which is uh, helping around uh, the office. Uh, the gen- we're also gonna have a uh, general counsel applications going out live soon. It's with soon. I. It's with the asterisks. So, <laughs> so, so it's gonna be soon. Um, that these. These two positions, like the general counsel and the general position we're giving it right now, they're not mutually exclusive. You can do both. But if you want it to be a bit more hands-on, you should more or less wait for the general counsel. Um, did you guys have any housekeeping? Anything you guys want to say?
1: Um, no, I think I've, I've yeah. said pretty much what I wanted to say. I guys, you
0: know, small the housekeeping... <coughs>
2: Depending on when this, this, this episode goes live, hopefully you know with the next couple of days. If the, the CDF and CDF, the CSSU website is still down, we are working with CDF admin to to get back up. Basically we've been changing servers, so a couple uh, configuration things have to be changed. But we'll, we're working through that. It will be a backup soon enough.
0: All
2: right. Uh, one shout out uh, to Vic Records yeah. for uh, letting us host this podcast. In the office? To tie into to that too, we're going to have uh, be having some big record stickers in uh, in room 2250, the actual CSSU room. <laughs> um, so if you want a couple of stickers that look really nice, come pick them up.
0: Yeah. All right. So before we uh, start asking a question, friends, so we're going to go through the news. Okay. And uh, so fine. this week is obviously a big piece of news. Uh, Times Higher Education rankings came out.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So...
0: University of Toronto currently for twenty eighteen is twenty second in the world, which is two spots higher than last year. It's twenty fourth. So this year we're tied. It's good. With, yeah, it's good. To improvement. Yeah. We're uh, tied with the University of Singapore for, for that spot, but uh, so they have this like setting where you can like I guess organize it by like departments. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I tried to organize with computer science, but for some reason it wouldn't populate. It just gave me like the default rankings. Which I, like for like it worked for certain subjects for certain subjects it didn't so I'm like yeah I'm like yeah. somebody should just fashion <coughs> it and be like listen UniFix I will
2: find it ironic <laughs> too of all for on the website yeah. you know, all the all the majors you couldn't properly sort by <laughs> it was the, you know the, the one department for people who probably made the website uh-huh.
0: so but I, there were once one subject did work which was accounting and finance which for those of you who don't like maybe listen I'm I'm actually a Rotman student so does anybody want to you guys want to guess. <laughs> Where U of T ranks for accounting and finance in the world?
2: Uh, Maybe being, you know, too liberal here, but eleventh. Eleventh,
1: okay. I I have no idea. Second. 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 second, Wow. We're behind University of
0: Pennsylvania, where the the business school is Warren, which is where uh, Warren Buffett went. Okay. Okay. So, but like. Yeah, that's, that's is awesome. second in the. Wattman. I was I was blown away because know yeah, as an accounting student I definitely didn't think that, but I um, think <laughs> I
2: think for CS last last I heard we were actually I think top fifteen, but don't don't quote me on that. It might be a little bit lower, a little bit higher.
0: No, I, the, I like I know like usually generally speaking we are in top fifteen. Yeah, like, we definitely rank higher than what we are overall. Overall, for sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll admit
1: I don't remember what the Times ranking was for CS. I know that the figure that that. Uh, sticks in my head is there's another ranking, QS ranking or something like that, okay. where uh, where for the last couple of years we've been at number ten in computer science. Well, yeah. right um, yeah,
2: I remember I actually
0: remember pridefully reading that earlier <laughs> this year.
1: So you know that's uh,
0: that's a really good That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah no, that uh, I mean, that's like you know, like top ten in the world. It's a big I, deal.
2: I mean, I think U of TCS has always been kind of a, a forerunner to it in CS. Um, research. I think. I think. I remember reading. We had the first supercomputer ever in Canada. Uh, that was here at uh, at U of D. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: No, we have. We certainly have a, a strong presence in in terms of development of computer science as a discipline.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I think, recently too. I'm, I'm sure a lot of the listeners know about this. But I think. I think Google has been kind of partnering with with U of T C S for some AI research. I think I heard about this.
1: So the, uh this new um, <clears throat> sorry this new Vector Institute right, that's that's, uh, right. that's going to open or is opening. A, I'm not quite sure exactly where in the in the yeah. opening it is, but it's it's uh, um, that's going to bring together lots of uh, research and strength into AI to Toronto, building on the strength that we already have in the department. So it's, yeah, it's pretty big news. Um, I know that our AI faculty uh, have been even busier than usual with getting all that stuff running and up uh, off the ground. That's solid. That's good. Yeah, it's good stuff. All
0: right. Well, uh, I'm going to go into like the other Canadian universities. So um, UBC is second in Canada. Which is I, I thought I was surprised I thought McGill would be there, but it's uh, UBC, which is okay. UBC actually is a very good, yeah. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. tied for thirty fourth. McGill is forty second. Uh, so that means we have three Canadian universities in the top fifty. 50 one being the top twenty five, which is us. Then McMaster's seventy eighth. The University of Montreal is one hundred and eighth. I'm actually I'm surprised. Actually, McMaster's McMaster. McMaster. That's, that's, that's good to hear. I uh, I know that like, McMaster's like forte is their medical. Uh-huh. Right, right, yeah. but uh, I'm I like, ooh, like 78. like That's a period. Yeah. yeah. So the rest are <laughs> really far away. I believe, uh, I, I, I think Western was like 178 or something around there, and then like Waterloo was like in between 200 and 250. So, wow. so, in CSU tradition, you know, take that, Waterloo. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, alright, So that was like the big news. Uh, Now we're just gonna I'm gonna go through like two bits of news from the varsity. So, the city, the city councilor uh, is proposing that we they zone frats and sororities as uh, multi-tenant buildings, which means they're gonna be taxed differently. So I'm like, I mean, like I don't think anybody here is part of a frat. Like I don't really care. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that's the city is like yeah, we're changing that around.
1: Huh. Okay.
0: I feel like most of our listeners also will probably have heard. Yeah, no, but but it's it's, I mean it was U of T news, Uh, but other thing is that uh, so there was an audit done of the Canadian Federation of Students. Yeah, Oh, it's always a big, uh, big topic, big
1: topic. (laughs) This was a secret bank account with over
0: two hundred thousand dollars in unauthorized transactions. Uh, Jeez. And I'm like, I'm like, all right. obviously wherever their students is gonna be a little bit of like you know dilly dallying but two hundred thousand yeah, dollars well, that's,
1: that's not, not a little that's not
0: it was like so it was over the span of four years So that means fifty thousand dollars a year wow yeah. yeah so that's just two bits of news from varsity uh just gonna go through a bit some news i read off bbc so rovio rivio so the guys who made angry birds okay they're going public their valuation is one billion dollars. Oh, Jeez. Which I'm like, ooh, that's that's pretty high. I'm like, I know, like they have, like they made that movie. Apparently, I'm I'm pretty sure it's successful. Probably, yeah. I, I guess Probably. I guess you.
2: I, I wouldn't know unless you know unless you have a little kids or something. Yeah. Yeah. Guess, like,
0: but I, I know, like I know those studios like diversified. Their games obviously because they made a lot of cash when Angry Birds first came out. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I mean like I'm happy for them on like one billion dollars. Yeah, but yeah, yeah,
1: it sounds a little... It's a bit too much. Yeah.
2: You know, I was actually thinking, I wonder if that's lower or higher than it would have been three years ago, though. Because I remember, you know, when it was first very big... There,
1: there was a big see, craze, right? You could see
2: it everywhere. Like, even in high, I was in high school and my friends played it. It um, like later kind of started attracting the younger generation. They had kind of all these
0: cool the animals. Yeah, that's
1: the thing, right? They kind of went overboard on the whole merchandising. Yeah. yeah, I wonder
0: if that hurt them or helped them. But you know, so, usually usually like, so usually for like so usually for like valuations, because uh, valuations are usually done by it's they're not obviously done by like banks and like companies that go in public. Yeah. So they want to see what's the amount of revenue earned in the future. So that's generally like you know just like a heads up. That's how that's okay. how valuations are usually done. <laughs> But they're usually wrong (laughs) so if you remember when facebook went public
1: yeah yeah, the stock dropped (laughs) immediately
0: after and that's because the companies want more money so when they sell the stock immediately that company makes that money immediately right right so it's in their preference that the values the stock value is a bit higher than the actual value which the market will determine later on this is why we have an accounting student uh Uh, so yeah so that's that uh another news iphone x yeah. Oh, big news. Low, low price of nine hundred and ninety nine dollars. USD. US dollars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that means in Canada, it's like fifty. it's like. It's Fifteen hundred dollars for the highest version, like the. the U.S. Too. U- so Canadian. So fifteen hundred for Canadian. For oh the Canadian. highest. Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. Okay. I mean, that's okay. I mean, still really high. I mean, that's like <laughs> it's like more than my PC cost. <laughs> I mean, it looks like a nice phone. It's just yeah, like I I don't know if, I don't I don't make enough money yet at least. <laughs> Maybe hopefully a one day it will, Where you'd be like fifteen hundred dollars, I'll take that. But you know, <laughs> the, for a phone, I don't know if I can justify that. A
1: and and the thing is, Apple keeps. I mean, it. It. That was the big thing when Steve Jobs was there. Is you know, they kept driving that that uh, that demand, and people yeah. kept going for it. Mm-hmm. And you keep, and they they've kept doing it, maybe with. Uh, you know, I don't know if the the amount of flair that's there is the same as yes. it used to be, yeah. but it kind of makes you wonder well when are people going to start saying okay enough is enough this you know, this is too much this is yeah
2: like I'm I just wondering like, how many people <laughs> go out there and buy a new iPhone every year because I, I feel like there's a lot and just like it, that's not for so many reasons it's not a healthy thing to do it right? yeah. even if you can
0: afford it it's just I don't know stop so, I, I don't think it's a good thing if, if you're going to buy the iPhone X stop uh, so I will say <laughs> on that note uh, you know like how many times you can do this uh, if you look at like maybe the top past five so, the no, uh, past five, maybe even past ten years. Yeah. Uh, companies that have made the highest amount of profit. If you look at private companies, it's Apple. I'm not surprised. <laughs> where, so uh, it's 2015, they made $50 billion in profit. That's not revenue. That means that's, that's money they put in their pockets. Wow. And then if you look at it, it's like. Well, oh,
1: so obviously it's still working. Yeah.
0: If you look at the top ten before, Apple it was just oil companies. And now, like, wow. yeah. So it
2: just shows. It's crazy too, because, I mean, mm-hmm. like, Compared to Microsoft or some of the Linux companies, I you know you hear those companies kind of getting to companies like you know to enterprises stuff. I assume that's where the money is, but I think Apple's largely a consumer-based. One hundred percent. Which is so that's crazy to me. You know, I I would just think that you know a, a business a business-to-business kind of oriented company, like to lesser extent Microsoft, would would end up having more profit than a purely almost product-based company like, like yeah.
0: Apple. That's surprising. But like the thing is that the cost the cost of making these phones just, just isn't that high yeah that's probably right. like it's it's just yeah, yeah, like yeah. they profit. like you know like all right they're selling the phone for a thousand dollars us how much is it actually like if you if you don't if you this their hardware costs like we'll take away the cost of actually running the company in the marketing but if you just look at the hardware cost it's probably not more than two three hundred dollars yeah at the highest probably even lower even lower than that yeah, but yeah so it just yeah they make they quite a bit of money. They, run, they know how to run a good business. It's more, yeah. a marketing, mm-hmm. it's more of a marketing company than a tech company, I'll tell you that much. I, yeah, I agree. Uh, but, uh, I don't know if you guys watched the thing, but there was, there was actually, a, they had a problem with their facial recognition on their phone. Uh, which was it The iPhone X. So basically, uh, they had it in the back. Okay. And then a bunch of people were moving it around. Every time you move it, it tries to scan for a face, oh. and because it didn't, it'd be an error, right? It didn't scan face. So when uh, the person presenting, I forgot his name, when the person presenting, it said, oh, too many too many, too many, many attempts, put <laughs> it in the fast. We had, we had to go get another phone. It was like a 10-second like, mishap, but like when you got the second one, it worked like, fine. <laughs> for, yeah. It was unfortunate, but I guess they are like, update the, update immediately. It wasn't even immediately the trigger. But that's the iPhone. Uh, but in, I think this is more in web issues. Equifax. So oh, if you guys yeah. don't know, Equifax wow. is a... I do you describe it? It's like a it's like cre- cre- it's credit. A credit mm-hmm. yeah. It's like more or less a credit company. They were hacked. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if, if you're an American and you have a credit card, chances are your social security network that net number is out. Even if you're Canadian, you a handle with Equifax. There's a chance you're breached. But I want to bring up one point that's very important. In Argentina,
2: yeah,
0: their password and their login for like their for their main thing. Like the main account was admin, like A D M I N wow. for username and password. That was the situation. That's, like,
1: That's like a high level institution, right? Yeah. Not not just
2: <sighs> Maybe maybe it's not used much in Argentina. Maybe they maybe there's
0: a different event.
1: So now maybe you know people can feel a little bit better about using one, two, three, four. Yeah,
0: yeah. no, it's like it's like one of those things, you know. Like there's a giant sign that says, "Please do not use password as password." Uh-huh. And they like, "Here we have Equifax, giant credit bureau. What are we gonna use that as? I remember hearing too
2: of these big credit bureaus. The way they calculate your credit rating, too, if that's what you use them for, isn't actually the most the most exact. I've heard that I think once a year, and I've heard this is better. You can actually go to your, you know, the TV or whoever you're with, and, and get a much like a perfectly accurate credit rating, and it's free too. So. If that's what you're looking for, maybe consider doing that. Look into that mm-hmm. instead of worrying about you know having <laughs> to deal with someone who's who's the ad, the admin password of admin.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it's uh, oh, yeah. You're, I think you're entitled to, for like once per year for free. To that's right. And yeah. Go for it if you if you have credit cards. If you never use a credit card or don't have any loans at all, I don't know why you would. But yeah. that's that. Uh, one little. Do you guys have any other news? That maybe you no, no, no. I mean, I
1: think you, you kind of... Nothing, did, yeah, nothing, um,
0: yeah. good ones. I just uh, want to, I just want to, like, this is bothering me. And, like, like this has been bothering me for a week, so I have to bring it up. Sure. So, you guys know the movie It that just came out? Yes. Yeah. Have you guys watch it? I no. haven't, but I've heard, I've, I've heard very good things about yeah, it so Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> you know, it's good. I'm not going to spoil it, but I think it's, uh, you know, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Like, you saw, like, 75. Uh, go watch it. Yeah, so, it's good, but once you watch it, and if you haven't read the book... Mm-hmm. Go to Walmart or Indigo, find the book and read the last five pages. Because it's not the same ending in the book. And I I know nobody's read the book because the book came out in like the eighties. It's, it's a very, very popular book. It's been, yeah,
1: but I read the book. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. So you know the ending in the book? Actually I don't remember. Okay. Because <laughs> it's been too that's, long. That's probably good. Because let
0: me <laughs> tell you, I, I don't get disturbed easily. But my god, it's the ending in the book. Like it's it's fucked. <laughs> like there's no other way like I don't know. It's it's my I was I was like this man is on L S D when he does this like when I actually he I
2: speaking of that I've heard that he from many of his books he was like battling like, you know, substance abuse. Yeah, abuse. that's and true. And apparently I think he said it 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 influences writing, so I'm not surprised that there, is yeah. it, if it has some very disturbing
0: ending or so, not. so. do yourself a favor. I think <laughs> go back. I'm, I'm going to stop you here. If it's if it's something very disturbing,
2: I don't know if people want to go out of their way. No, to no, <laughs> to, to you need to. it. Uh,
0: especially you owe it to yourself if you watch the movie, though. Okay, you need that's, to. It. that's fair. Um, okay, cool. that's the news. So from here, so now it's all about you. We're going to ask you a okay. handful of questions. Okay. So, first question. Uh, so, post requirement over the past uh, couple of years has risen. Yeah. So, four years ago, it yeah. was 67%. Yeah. Currently, it's at over 80%. So, what it like, you know, for, for first years, maybe they don't really know, but like for us, it's like, what what is responsible for this? Yeah. Class?
1: Okay. So, I can explain. Uh what I understand of what happened. Some of this happened while I was associate chair. Some of this happened before I was associate chair. Um, But here's uh, basically how things played out. So back in 2014... um, Okay, now I want to make sure... Well, actually, the exact date doesn't matter so much. The exact year doesn't matter so much. But um, there was... Prior to 2014, our programs, our specialist and uh, major programs, were type one. Uh, if now you, you know, <laughs> other than administrators, maybe not that many people know exactly what that means. Yeah. So, type one means you just, if you want to sign up for the program, you just say, I want to sign up for the program, and that's it, you're in. You, no, no you know, you you just have to declare that that's the program you want and that's the program you're in, period. No no need for any particular requirements. Um, And then there was a year, and I think that was in 2014 or it might have been the year before, where, you know, enrollments were starting to climb up. So we weren't yet in the crazy phase we're in now where things have just been climbing higher and higher at a faster and faster rate, it seems like. Um, And that one year a large number of people signed up, much larger than before, and what ended up happening is, we had a bunch of our second year courses where there just weren't enough seats. So now here we were with dozens of students who were in the program and couldn't get into their second year courses because we couldn't mount new sections quickly enough and, and we couldn't accommodate all those students. That was clearly a bad situation. And so the decision was, okay, well, you know, we've seen enrollments starting to rise the last couple of years. This year is kind of indicative that maybe there's something going on there. So for next year, let's make sure we don't fall into this situation again where we have so many students we can't teach them all. Um, and so let's, let's put restrictions on people getting into the programs. And since then, that's basically, I'm sorry, what we've been fighting uh, with year after year is... On the one hand, our capacity to teach students in second years and higher um, is limited by the number of faculty members we have. I mean, one of the things we don't want is we don't want students to end up making their way through the entire program and not once being taught by a faculty member, because all they got was, was sessional instructors. Not that we hire bad sessional instructors, but that's not the experience we want for, right. for students you know, in computer science at U of T. It's sort of the, the goal there is to give people a good experience interacting with those top researchers, those faculty members. And um, so there's that side of it. Growing the teaching capacity is not an easy thing to do. Um, we could just, you know, in principle open up a whole bunch of sections of a whole bunch of courses, but then you'd end up being taught by, Anyone. who knows, yeah. right? Okay. Um, which, is, which is not what we want. So there's no good solution, in other words. You know, either we uh, try to teach every single person who wants one of these courses and wants into the program, but then the teaching you get is not going to be at the level we are satisfied with. Right. Or we say, no, 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 that this is silly. We're going to keep the quality of our teaching... Uh, high because that matters to us but then unfortunately that means we can't teach everybody we have to limit how many people get in and that's that's what we've been that's where those cutoffs come from is it's not a question of academic qualification look at, you know the cutoff's been above 80 for for students coming from other streams in first year for the last couple of years um, if we're turning away a student with an 81, average between their, their you know, first year courses, CSC 148 and CSC 165, this is not a bad student. We're not turning that student away because right. we're saying, no, you're not gonna cut it later. No, you would cut it. Um, we're turning that student away because the demand is rising so sharply and so fast. Uh, and our capacity to increase our, the amount of teaching we can do is much slower to climb And so that gap keeps getting bigger and because the gap keeps getting bigger there's more demand and we can accommodate a little bit more of that demand but nowhere near as much as the demand is growing we have to keep you know putting that bar higher. higher. We don't want the bar to climb sky high um, because that's bad too. So we are going to be working uh, uh, this year at developing a more comprehensive plan. For the last few years um, there's been a lot of of kind of short-term solutions. Okay, let's get through this year. Let's let's make things as good as we can. Let's think a little bit forward to next year. What can we do for next year that's going to make things better? Nobody's had that sort of brilliant flash of insight of, hey, here's a completely different way we can turn things around and, and teach everybody. We're working towards coming up with those sorts of ideas and solutions. Um we're going to be doing that a little more purposefully, a little more intentionally this year, uh, to try to to accommodate that ever rising demand.
2: So with the new the new accommodations, then can we can can students this year and I guess upcoming students expect there to be basically more slots then for them to get in.
1: Um, so I don't really know for sure. That's the that's the hope. Yeah. Is that uh, you know we we have of a rough number in terms of how many students we think it's reasonable to get into second year, to get accepted into yeah. a specialist or a major program. Our goal is for that number to keep... It's been going up, whether or not we want to, and we've been sort of, you know, dealing with the fact that it's going up. What
2: was the, um, what was the number roughly last year that uh, how many students were, were able to be admitted properly to the post?
1: I don't have the exact number. It was... Probably it was around four hundred. Okay. So that, uh, that, I think that is right. higher than than. Uh, um, I, I was there like, three
2: years ago. I think it was about three hundred. Yeah. So, that
1: is so it's been climbing, um, and and we want to accommodate that growth. Yeah. That's the thing, right? But we don't want to do it in a bad way. And right now, that's the problem: is we've we've always been playing catch up, uh, and and that leads to situations that are not sustainable long term. Yeah. And so you know we're we're we're. Working to turn that around and put in place uh, you know a plan that's actually been thought out and thought through to to keep that number rising to meet the demand
0: yeah so I, so I think it just comes down to that you know you have like a increasing amount of students applying but you want to you want to be able to match that without diminishing the quality of education
1: that is correct
0: so by like you know obviously i'm not like in this i don't know much about it, but like wouldn't one way to kind of um, Relief, cause it's, I I also think it's kind of more or less a lot pretty stressful for students. You know, yeah. like it first, is. Oh, curious. I know. You know, it's like you know, it's like you know, like oh uh, here you are. You need this really high mark yeah. in these two classes I'm, that aren't easy. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't it be more, I guess, like uh wouldn't it be just easier if the when they're applying from high school, like all right, like not even from the like from post, even from like raise the standard from high school. So that way you just have like a smaller pool of people applying in
1: ah but here so here's the interesting thing so two things to that um the uh the admission cutoff for students into first year computer science from high school is already the highest of all the admission streams in arts and science or i don't know if it's exactly yeah um we were up in the in the low 90s um for, for this year and last year as well so we're up in a range where it's already astronomically high like we can't say okay you need a 99 or a 98 to get you know yeah. it, it's silly so that has there's not much room and there left so to, to, to can, right
2: okay.
1: we're getting also if we're getting into that high range it, it's not clear that it's it's really what we want either right just sort yeah. of academically but Getting into that high range uh, of, of cutoffs from high school, the other drawback is, while those students are excellent students, they have a lot of options, and so there's a lot more variability in terms of are they going to come to U of T or are they going to just choose to go somewhere else? It gets harder to make predictions and to to make projections in terms of number of acceptances, and so there's more variability. And so every once in a while, you end up with a year like a few years ago where there was a big bulge of students coming in, um, in first-year computer science admission stream, much, m- many more than had been projected. And so now all of a sudden, on top of everything else, we were dealing with this extra bulge of students, you know, coming into first year, and and applying for post-admission the year after, and so on. So it, that's one of the things um, that makes it tricky. The other thing that makes it tricky is. We actually, and this has been surprisingly fairly stable the last four or five years, the number of students who get admitted to a specialist or a major computer science program is every year about half of those students are students who were in first-year computer science and half come from other admission streams.
2: Yeah.
1: Because, and, and part of it is that I think computer science in high school is not one of those things that's standardized to the same level as a lot of other disciplines. 100%. Right? So a lot of students come here with very wildly varying backgrounds, wildly varying ideas about what computer science is. So they get here, they know I want to do CS, they take their first year CS courses, they realize, oh man, this is not at all what I thought it would be. I, I really don't like this for whatever reason or something else hooks them up right because that's part of the model in arts and science in first year is hey explore take take courses in many different things so they
0: right
1: yeah and and it's a good thing because it it, that's kind of part of the point the philosophy behind arts and science is to say you have all of these things available to you all these these uh, areas that you can study try something new you know see if there's something you'd enjoy and so some students Get hooked on something else and switch out. So that's what happens at that end. And then at the other end, you have a lot of other students who are in the, uh, you know, sort of the mirror situation. Who come to U of T thinking, I want to study physics. I want to study. I want I'm in life science. I want to. You know, whatever it is that they're coming here to study. And they figure in their first year, you know, it probably wouldn't hurt if I learned a little bit of computing. They take that CSC 108 and they fall in love and they realize, wow. This is so much not what I thought it would be and this is this is not as hard as I thought it would be and I'm enjoying this a lot more than I thought I would and so we get a lot of students at the end of their first year and even you know later on in their programs kind of discovering computer science realizing this is something I'm good at and this is something I really enjoy and so and we don't want to we don't want to tell all those students eh whatever we, you know, we don't have room for you because You're it's all the, right? right. Um, so we, we, our preference really is to say, well, we, we want to have room for both kinds of students as much as possible. So far, we've been able to do that. Um, there are, uh, there, there's things in the works at Arts and Science in terms of the admission stream. So the computer science admission stream in first year um, likely will, will go away anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. we were not sure exactly when. So that's going to change the picture again in that we won't have different cutoffs anymore. It'll all be a single cutoff and okay. everybody's going to be treated equally, which is, frankly, our preference, too. Yeah. To, um. mm-hmm.
2: so, so so to get back to that then, if, so, you, so basically then, if you're, if you're just a regular art-size student versus yeah. like, if you're a computer-size stream student, um, if you'd have the same cutoff to get into the post then, um, what kind of incentive then would there to be to apply to be a to apply to the, the CS stream versus just the general art science stream? Okay. Well,
1: right. um, I mean, ultimately, if the stream goes away, then it then it's not going to matter because it would just be the same. Yes, yes. Um, but if the cutoffs were the same, right now, the the first year computer science stream gets a few advantages. Um, one of them is the cutoff. Yeah. They get that little bit of discount, if you will, <laughs> on their cutoff. Right. Um, The other one is uh, priority enrollment in those first-year courses um, that we can grant to them as a group, that if the group is not there, that's one of the things we're going to have to work out is how do we manage enrollment in our first-year courses if there is no easy-to-identify group of students that we want to give priority to um, and where we don't currently have the capacity to teach everybody. That's one other piece of the puzzle that we're working on is trying to grow that capacity in first year. Great. Okay.
2: (coughs) Um, Another thing is, I I don't remember if you mentioned a rough date. Um, Going back to the the more long-term solution as well, -hmm. I guess this is probably part of it, um, what can students expect to hear more about about the long-term solution?
1: We're working this fall uh, on starting to examine those ideas and trying to draw up some solutions, um, I think by the end of the year, by the end of the academic year, we'll have an idea of, of the ideas that we want to pursue. Um, so I expect, you know, in terms of, it, it, there's, there's going to have to be a bit of back and forth there as well yeah. between us and arts and science and other parts of the university to make sure that the ideas that we have can actually you know, are sensible in in terms of resources <clears throat> and so on. So, I I have a feeling um, we likely won't be making any official kind of announcement until those details have been sorted out. Yeah, that that's very recent. So probably into next year. Can
2: can students who are currently first years in the computer science <clears throat> right now expect to see any benefits potentially from the long term solution, or will it largely be oriented towards the, the new coming students that will then be into first year?
1: So our plan is, I mean, if we're going to grow capacity, if we're going to make it possible to teach more students, we want to make it possible to teach more students at all levels. Right. Um, in terms of putting this in place uh, and rolling it out, uh, it's certainly something that we're going to keep in mind that we want to make it easier for students to come into first year but we also want to make sure that we have more room in second, third, and fourth year. So, it, the, the, you know, okay. I, I, that's my expectation. We'll see in terms of the details of actually rolling it out how it works out. But yeah, my expectation is that we're we're trying to grow in all those ways at once. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. <clears throat> so that was like the... The first question. That was the first <laughs> question. Yeah. A, like a, a, a five. A yeah. five. Yeah. But that was like the big one because I feel like that was the thing, like, I've, even I've seen this outsider. I think,
2: yeah, I think a lot of people kind of, I want to hear about yeah. about uh, that question. I think, I think there's a lot of things that I haven't actually heard from before, yeah. which is good. I think, you know, I think a lot
0: of people are... Good, because generally speaking, it was like, why is the department <clears throat> doing this? Because they want the money. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. It's I, think, I, think, I think a lot of people have...
1: Uh,
2: I, I think a lot of people assume, can assume maliciousness. But there probably, they're probably, there certainly isn't, I think, the fair thing
1: to There's, say. Uh, there's a really complicated, even I don't fully understand this, um, you know, in terms of the money, right? There's a really complicated financial relationships between the department and the Faculty of Arts and Science and higher up at the university and where the money comes in and who it goes to and so on. And um, especially because of the deregulated fees that students pay in the, in the specialist and major, Right. right? There's that perception that, well, of course they, you know, they're going to let students come here in first year. and But, well, the thing is, you know, the regulated fees only start in second year. So exactly. from that point of view, if it was purely monetary, we'd say, sure, you guys come on all in and we'll just throw a whole bunch of sessionals in front of you and teach you and, and that's it. And But that's not what we're doing, right? Yeah. And um, the other thing is, is the money, unfortunately, doesn't flow straight to the department. It flows into a big pool. Up in arts and science, and then it gets redistributed, and it's not so. There's there, there's no the correlation between the higher tuition for computer science students uh, and what happens at the department is not it, there's not a direct relationship there.
2: Has there has there ever been talks? I I remember I've, I've heard interest in this too from students of of separating the computer science from arts and science and it being entirely... Kind of like how engineering is a separate...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it. creating a new separate faculty or, yeah. or division. Um, you know, it's funny. It's, it's an idea that people will will sometimes throw out there kind of half-joking, yeah. you know, that, oh, man, some of this would be so much simpler if we were our own division. Except then, as soon as you start thinking about, yeah, but what does that mean? There's so many other things that that would involve there's you know doing our own admission doing our own high school recruiting like there's so many other things that you know we're we're in that place as a discipline computer science and here in terms of the size of the department where we're not big enough yet to go it alone
2: yeah it
1: wouldn't make sense um but we're starting to get so large that within arts and science it's difficult to do what we want how we want and so it's always the the negotiations to you know make that uh make that work out yeah okay.
0: yeah so uh, i was also surprised like, like when i was in first year i'm like uh, everybody just was under the impression that rotman was in its own division but it's not it's only the NBA obviously the mba the graduates right is like a completely different, <laughs> so. there's that and uh for those of you who don't know robin also has like a cutoff it's lot mm-hmm. lower. It's like sixty seven, but uh, every year like a bunch of people just didn't make it, and they're like, oh my god, they're just trying to steal money. Well, I guess this this can sort of tie to the
2: two our, our next question. Ben. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of options that people people currently to, to get into the the major or specialist. Yeah. Right now, the the one most people take is you know the one forty eight one six five combo. Yes. Failing that, students have then the option of I think two zero seven and two three six. Okay. Um, but pretty much after that, I mean, other than I think redoing courses, they're, they're, they're sort of out of options. Right? That's right. Um, what kind of recommendations or, or suggestions would you have then for those students? Who okay. Too, you know, aren't able
1: to so, um, and I, I don't like, so I don't like having to say some of those recommendations because they're not what we would prefer either, of but um, let's, let's put it all out there so that you're aware of how it works and what the possibilities are, right? Um, so for program admission, that's actually one of the rules of arts and science. We're not allowed to use GPA to, to decide who gets in and who doesn't get in. Yeah. And the reason for that is simple is because years ago that used to be something that was possible and then arts and science, it, you know, people noticed that students wouldn't take courses because of what they were interested in. They would take courses just to boost their GPA, which is not a good way, right? Yeah. And it's sort of, okay, no, we want to discourage that, so we'll allow um Program admission decisions to be made on the basis of specific courses when you can argue that hey the your performance in those courses is a good indicator of how are you going to perform in the program so there's there's a connection there so obviously CSC one forty eight CSC one sixty five the two sort of starting points of the the programming side of computer science and the theoretical side of computer science those those were obvious choices. Um, there's a minimum mark that you, that students have to get in the first-year courses, and then past that minimum is just a question of do they meet the cutoff or not in their right. average between the two courses. As you said, if it doesn't work out the first time, you do okay in those two courses, you meet the minimum, you do better than the minimum, but you are you fall a little short of that year's cutoff.
2: Yeah.
1: You have options. You can retake <clears throat> one or both of the first-year courses and... With the you know the obvious consequence that you know if your grade improves then that gets you that much closer to the cutoff that's you know that's obvious, or right now, um, you can go on and take the second year courses and the way it works is we'll take your best grade between one forty eight and two o seven if you've done both, and the best grade between two uh, two thirty six and one sixty five if you've done both and that's the average we use so it allows you to kind of go on, and still try to apply. Okay. Now the catch is well what if you do that. And it's still, and you still yeah. don't make it in, right? You you kind of you've spent all this time on CS, and now you're left with, well, with what? You you didn't get in. What do you do then? Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I I I don't have a, you know, I'm sure there's there's a lot of people, who would like me to say, well, here's the magic solution that'll get you in, and there isn't one, unfortunately. Um, there's there's a bunch of of backup plans and and. Uh, um, alternatives that are not quite what students want but get you part of the way there um you can always aim to complete a computer science minor instead yeah is one thing and then but then that means you have to find you know a major, a major or it right something else that you can do to to complete your degree um now there's a lot of of related disciplines, stats and math, are the standard ones that students gravitate to um, that can serve as as the second uh, program you're doing. But, you know, it's not ideal, but it can still get you some of what you want. Um, The other option is this. Keep in mind that computer science at the University of Toronto, uh, when it was designed, when it was put together, was really originally a program that was geared towards preparing students for grad school. That's the foundations, that's the foundations we're building on, is the discipline of computer science is a serious academic discipline. We're teaching it at the university, so we're, we're, you know, it's meant as prep for students to go on and do research into computer science. There's a lot of students who get into computer science not because they want to go to grad school, because they want to learn enough to be ready for a job in industry. Now, over the years, the various uh, courses that, that that have been added to the programs and the way the courses are taught and so on, we certainly do a fine job of that as well. But... The programs haven't been designed specifically for that purpose. And so where I'm getting at with all this is I'm trying to kind of soften the blow uh, of of one of the options, which is maybe you don't need to get a degree from U of T to do computer science. Um, And that's what what I was saying earlier. I hate having to say this because if you're here, we'd love to have you here. We just... There's too many of you and not enough of us <laughs> is what it boils down to. Um, we haven't worked out yet a good way to be able to teach everybody who wants to come here. And and uh, that is one of the options is to say, do I really need computer science from U of T to be able to go out there and get the job that I want? And nowadays the answer is, well, no, not not necessarily. You can get a computer science degree from lots of other institutions and there's there are a lot Close by, so thankfully that's helpful too, and you'll have just about as much luck getting jobs uh, once you graduate, because that's the way the market is nowadays. Shout
0: out to Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you want to add to that? No, that, that, was, that was a good answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. you like that, like I guess like there's a lot of perceptions that we have as like undergraduate students. I was like, you know, this is what the department doesn't think. I'm like, I'm glad, more or less, that like we have light shown on. Yeah. The, just getting back to it, I think.
2: It's. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of students will be happy to, to hear.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, so third question. Yeah. So, what does the DCS do to keep itself competitive with, you know, other universities okay. uh, around them, uh, and uh, what's like the plan? like, the next five years to, like, improve its position
1: us. Okay. So, I'm going to answer the question in kind of an indirect way. Because the the way you're asking the question, um, you know, what do we do to stay competitive with other uh, institutions, makes it sound like there's always this kind of comparison game going on. Okay, how can we get, you know, an edge over over this place? And how can we get, get an edge over that place? and And we don't... Actually, uh, think that way. Um, Research-wise, <clears throat> individual research groups and individual professors are just working on their research and doing and doing you know the best work that they can and and doing really good work. And I don't get a sense um, from that point of view that there's any question of okay, we better make sure our grad students publish a few more papers each year because we're falling behind it. It, it. it doesn't work that way uh, on the research side. And it doesn't work that way on the teaching side either. Um, we're lucky in computer science. We have a really large group of teaching stream faculty members in the department. There's 12 of us. Um, I, I don't know if that's the largest concentration of teaching stream faculty members in a department in arts and science, but it's certainly among the largest, if, if not... The largest, and we are constantly working um, to to improve that teaching. Uh, a lot of us are engaged in in uh, sort of pedagogical research. Like we don't do research into the CS we do research into computer science education. How to? How do we teach better? How do we teach more? How do we make things easier for students? How do we improve the classroom experience and so on? Um, that's always ongoing and it's never, so that's why I said, uh, you know, I'm not quite going to answer the question you asked because none of that happens with, you know, a thought to, oh, we better make sure we up with so-and-so, right? right? Different places each have their strengths and, and you know, and, and their weaknesses. Um, and where we, we just keep plugging away at, make it, you know, improving further um, when we find things that aren't working so well, fixing them, making them better. So it's always just with respect to where we are trying to improve and not so much with respect to other universities. In terms of plans, um I, think you up the plan. I, I mean that's part of what I talked about earlier yeah. right um, we're we're really proud of the of the teaching and the research that we do uh, here we're really proud too of the fact that despite those high cutoffs and and the stresses that that means in first year and the sort of you know, Competitive. Uh, I mean, it's inevitable, right? If if you're, you know, if you know that there's a limited number of spots, yeah. then then it gets a little competitive. Somehow, there's still a really good sense of community uh, yeah. among the students and Definitely. and in the department. Especially, um, especially recently, I think. Too. Right. It like I uh, I'm not as directly involved with with all the various student activities and so on that happen within the department. Yeah. Um, uh, but I don't get the feeling that even in the first year courses that we've got that stereotypical, you know, pre-med cutthroat uh, culture, sure. and we're worried about that because we don't, you know, we, we see that there's a risk that it could head that in that direction, and we're that's one of the things we're working on. So in terms of five-year plan, not so much a five-year plan, but one of the things that we're constantly thinking about and trying to work on is trying to make sure that. We maintain that community because um, computer science, at its heart, at, at its heart, once you once you get into it, you realize, you know, it really is a very social kind of discipline. Um, it, it's not just you and the computer it's you and other people working on stuff together yeah
2: that, I mean that's a <coughs> nice thing I think everyone has their strengths even going to, to 165 there's always that you know that question that one person kind of knows a little bit better than the other person uh-huh. like hey you kind of focus on this one a little bit and kind of help me explain and explain it and I, I know this one a little bit it's all focused on this one and I can help you explain it yeah, yeah 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 um, going back to that I was I was in the first year that I had the cutoff at, I believe it was 20, 2013 okay when it was still 67%, I believe. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and on top of that, I knew a couple people who were first-years last year going into going into the cutoff. basically, you know, had to apply to the... Yeah, school. yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's very true where you don't... It's not particularly cut People are pretty pretty open to things. I think, for me, I think i about half of my, my CS friends were in first-year in those courses. I, 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 it, and it's surprising. I'm not sure why. I, I You know what? I, I think you kind of touched on it, actually, that... Just in spite of the cutoff, where I think in lots of situations would encourage kind of cutthroat behavior. Mm-hmm. CS is one of those things where unless you're some some god, basically, <laughs> you can't you can't do it on your own. Right. You, you need friends, and I'm sure there's lots of people who are able to do on their own. Saying that, um, that I don't think will ever go away.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That's.
0: A- I think that's good. Um, I think comparatively speaking, <coughs> Rotman did have. In your first year, to have a bit more. Not like a. It, it did have a more competitive vibe in first year. Okay. But it definitely dies out after that. Yeah. Like after a second, as soon as you're in, it's like. Here notes, here this. Especially for like we have a lot of group assignments. and some okay. of the Presentations and in terms of that, it's like all shared, like right. Okay. Like, you know everything's clear. So I think, I think that is it's great that even though UFT. of T, uh, you know you want to have healthy competition. right Right. that's the thing it's not that you don't want to be competitive but you want it to be healthy so you don't have malicious intent for the people but you do want to be like hey look his work's good I want to see if I can make my work better
1: that's right yeah no I I, I'm glad you used that phrase because yeah I think that's exactly right healthy competition what you don't want is um, to develop some kind of culture where anybody feels like their best chance is to sabotage someone else that's that's you know that would be awful. Yeah. yeah. And thankfully,
0: I've never heard of that. Uh, no, I, I no.
1: haven't either. Right.
0: Yeah, I I, I do feel like that's something that UFT as a general has tried to maintain. Yeah. Well, I, and it's like, like again, UFT is a better school, but it's I'm like glad that it isn't that you know it is an unhealthy competition. Right. Yeah, so I'm glad, I'm glad that doesn't. I don't think that particularly exists in CS. Yeah. Let's so good. Maybe maybe an engineering. <laughs> uh oh okay. yeah so fourth question all right so over here yeah this is maybe where we want some unhealthy competition No, <laughs> we always <laughs> this is this is a question I
2: think, <coughs> um so i've been i've, I've been in CS, csu for the past few years mm-hmm. and there's a certain time of the year where occasionally you see the just Grade twelve high school students or students with their fathers, mothers, mm-hmm. they come in and, and they start asking about the place. Then yeah, say yeah, yeah. my, my, my student, my student, my son or son or daughter wants to go to U of T or Waterloo, uh-huh. and they always ask, you know, what are our thoughts on that? And obviously, we say U of T is an awesome school. Yes. Um, but we kind of want to hear from your 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 perspective. What from from a perspective of a student? Why yeah, yeah. why? CS at U of T versus YCS at
1: Waterloo. So I've been I've been asked that question too. Um, now I will admit up front that uh, one of the things that I can't speak to very much is what is it like at Waterloo. I don't I don't really know. Boring. Um, <laughs> um, but and I think somehow through the other questions I ended up touching on on a lot of the points that I can make to this. Um, generally. My own answer to this is well I can tell you what things are like here. Yeah. And here we've got those three pillars. Uh, uh we've got the research that's really really strong and of a caliber that nobody else in Canada comes close. Um even and in we're the really world, proud yeah. of that. It, yeah, even in the world, right? That we're, you know, right. top 10. We're, like we're, we're top 10 top 5
0: in terms of research produce a lot of research.
1: So, you know, we've got that nailed. Right. And we know that this is the fact and we're aware of it and we are careful to make those opportunities available to, at the undergraduate level as well. So it's not just because you're an undergrad student that you have to, you know, the research is forever this out of reach thing that you have to wait till you're a grad student to speak to professors. No, we, we want people to be involved right from the beginning. I don't know what that's like at Waterloo. They do research as well, I'm sure. Um, but do they have the same kinds of opportunities, different opportunities? I, I don't know. I know here it's something we take seriously and we're really proud of. So that's point one. Point two is the teaching. And now there, um, Waterloo for a long time has had that PR going where, you know, it's the place to go for undergrad. Um, and, and I think one of the things that people don't realize, and do they have good teaching? Um, I, I they do um, does that mean our teaching is bad in comparison? I don't think so. That's where we haven't quite caught up in in the public opinion in terms of PR, but we're doing really, really good stuff in terms yeah, of teaching I agree. Um, and and that's the that's the sort of the the you know the the secret uh, that people don't know like secret not as in we don't want people to know, but as in somehow nobody knows that. There's actually really excellent teaching happening in computer science at U of T. I agree. I, um, think, I think
2: like the, especially like the core, for better, I can't think of a better word, the <laughs> core like group of lecturers. Yeah. You know, um, so pretty much any of them, if you have them in the CS class, they're always, you're always having a good experience. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, that's
1: that's that's the investment that the department made you know, years ago to say, we're going to hire a bunch of those people into those teaching stream positions where they're going to focus exclusively on developing and delivering this top-notch education at the undergraduate level, and it's really paid off. Um, It's paid off because, as you say, we take very good care of those courses, and it's paid off because the work that we put in also, you know, trickles down or up however you want to look at it, yeah. to, to the, the, uh, the tenure stream faculty as well, the people who are working on research, those researchers, um, they, their teaching also improves at the same time as, as our teaching improves, because whatever we do gets shared among everybody, not just among the teaching stream. And so that's, I, I, you know, so on that front, um, that public perception of Waterloo is oh you know that's top notch teaching and so on and yeah they have good teaching but you know we're not it's not like it's Waterloo way up there and we're far behind we're, we're, we're right up there too in terms of our teaching yeah, yeah. Um, and the third piece uh, which is the one we just talked about was that community sense of community um, I don't know what things are like at Waterloo so I can't uh, you know I can't offer you sort of a comparison there but the fact that hey we've got this really good undergraduate community in computer science that's a strength too um, and so those are you know those are the three things I would say and ultimately though I think what it boils down to is if you want to get an education in computer science really if your goal is to go out and go into industry and work, it's not like you can really go wrong with either place. I don't want to, you know. Maybe I'm not I'm not rah rah U of T enough, but uh, um, it, what it boils down to is you'll you'll do fine with either place. If you're really keen to get into computer science because you see yourself as a researcher, maybe a professor someday yourself, well then you should really think about coming to U of T because uh, that's I the even, place to be there.
2: That's what I hear. Even <clears> I mean, I've heard people. Pretty much anyone I know who's gotten hair uh,
1: post post any postgraduate studies yeah yeah
2: that were Waterloo I've I've heard pretty much no one that hasn't come to U of T they all like all the ones that want went up for their master PhD I, they don't they tend not to go to Waterloo interesting and it's for obvious reasons I think I think for even the, the most diehard CS Waterloo fans mm-hmm. probably most of the undergraduate students here I think it's pretty much not not even an argument they I think even they agree that U of T CS from a graduate perspective, it's is, is
0: pretty much untouchable in Canada, I think. Yeah? Cool. Yeah. Uh, on the point of community. So yeah. I, uh, I completely forgot this during uh, housekeeping. Oh. Well, I want to give a shout out to uh, everybody who organized Frosh. Like, uh, Lana, oh. Justine, Absolutely, David, Nicole, Sonata. I think I'm missing a name.
1: they, Yeah, they did an absolutely amazing job. It yeah. was a really good uh, really good day, really wow. good event. Today. This is
2: probably the best Frosh CS Frosh has been <laughs> since I've been here. For sure, like, uh, especially because I think you know, four years ago I don't even think we had a CS Frosh, I'm not sure. I, I think if, if it was, it wasn't advertised
0: or anything. It's, it's just, it's yeah. It's improved so much. That it was, it was Jay, Jonathan Webb that started it, it. so okay. wasn't he here? He was in your year, right? No, he's, he, he was
2: the year uh, above us. Okay, so... But uh, yeah, he, I guess maybe he was in the cert. He was in the cert, so yeah.
0: So uh, that sense of community, you're not going to get a lot of balloon fights at uh, Waterloo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think that was a good, fair answer. Uh, but yeah, no, we, <clears throat> I think especially because I was doing, I was doing courses over the summer. So yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people, uh, so I was around the CSU, I was running, like manning the shop. So around like August, there'd be like a lot of parents walking yeah. around. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, they're coming in and like so A lot
2: of the sense. time too, it's usually that the, uh, like the parent... They don't want their their, their child to, to go too far away from home, so they really want them to come to to U of T. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because usually, usually, like a parent will, come. A parent will probably go to whatever their nearest university is. Sure. They don't want to lose their lose their kid. But yeah, like helicopter parents. No. I think <laughs> a lot of, I think a lot of things people miss too is, I mean, U of T is in Toronto too. Like that's, and I think that's such a huge bonus. That's
1: a really good point. Yeah.
0: Like it's like. I think we talked about this like in like the first episode. It's like, you know, like you name biggest city in like North America like a, one of the biggest cities in North America, yeah. right? What's gonna show up? Toronto's gonna be in that list, no matter how much, right? It's for under a sure. competition. So I think yeah. I think, uh, it's like plus ten points to like uh, <laughs> Not to mention I'll say uh Bay, where I guess for though you don't know, CS courses more or less are just held at Bay.
2: It's the CS,
1: CS building. Basically. building. So I think it's Sheriffs and Josiah. Yeah. We're kind of split up, right? Uh, between Bay and... It's that's it's so big. Bay. Yeah. Well, and the way that computer science kind of grew, it, it happened in bits and pieces, and, and um, you know, computer science started out as a few offices as part of some other... It, so, it... There, there just hasn't been that concerted, okay, we're gonna just put up our own separate building um, because it, it, the way things work in arts and science, we don't have those kinds of resources. Yeah. Um, okay. And so we're you know Bayen is is one of the main focal points for computer science. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of uh, uh, faculty members. Uh, so it, on the teaching side certainly it all happens in Bayon right. um, on the research side then it gets more spread out okay. some of it happens in Bayon on some of the upper floors 5th and 7th and, and even up into the 8th floor some of it happens in Sanford Fleming okay. or the Pratt building uh, in terms of where the research groups are, are housed but you would not find out as much about that uh, you know, unless you're involved with, you know, you get some of those profs in your courses or. 100%. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's what I generally found. Uh, like, it's nice to have that thing. But the the one thing, like, it's like a Rotman student at first. I wanted to complain about is there not plus places places to eat. That's because Rotman's at St George and Bloor, which there really isn't. You want to get any place to eat, you have to go down bathrooms, That's Korea Town. But if when you're in, yeah. so exit on College Street, you have everything on College. Yeah. Right. Then you just have hits Spadina. Everything on Medina, like nothing for about like I'd no, say yeah. a kilometer. If you're a CSU so graduate, it's
2: a you know a very awesome location. I mean, unless you're the the type that that loves like the East Center kind of area, which which is nice too. You pretty much I think some of the most prime like good downtown areas are basically yeah. kind of just all around Bay. Yeah, yeah,
0: and so that was like the one thing I wanted to like bring back, in terms the location of Tron. Yeah, it's like just having that options to eat so many different types uh-huh. of food. Like honestly, I think even throughout the year, if you didn't eat at the same restaurant, every, si- if you ate at a different restaurant every single day, probably you still wouldn't have leftover restaurants. <laughs> like I, I want to mention something quick, so we got, we got
2: flat for the first episode. We um, forgot to mention Clubhouse. If you are around Mayhin, it is a very good place to get a sandwich. And uh, yeah, our apologies for not <coughs> mentioning that. I can't believe
0: so
2: we, we missed that. We
0: used to eat quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're in our
1: final question. Final question.
0: We, yeah, I think, uh,
1: I think, we're, doing I think okay, we're still right? okay on time.
0: Yeah. I, I thought it was going to be longer, but uh, this is good. That's that's good. So, so, final question, we should end off for like, you know, uh, what are the opportunities that average CS students miss out on? So they're like, you know, you're, you've are you been with the department for you know, quite a bit. What do, you, what do you see that you see like students taking mistakes or things they don't capitalize? The mistakes are stronger. There's things they don't do that would improve them as, you know, uh, that would, would improve them as... <coughs> yeah, what, what, what opportunities should, should CS
2: students be taking that currently these students either don't know about or just or, are choosing not to take?
1: That's a really, that's a tough question. I was thinking about this one um, on my way over. I'm trying to think, well, okay, what are the things that we want our students to take advantage of? Okay. Well, we want to make sure that in their courses, um, they know that, hey, you know, you've got TAs, you've got your instructor, go go and talk to those people, get help from us. Where That's what we're here for. Um, we want to hear from students and, and help them. But I don't know that I would say that students are missing out on that because students, I mean, they might not know right in first year, they might be a little intimidated, but... I think that message gets repeated often enough that it, it eventually sinks in that, yeah. hey, you know, it really is worthwhile talking to your prof, and it, it you know, it's not scary, and, and they, you know, they are here to help. Or
2: bring them on a podcast <coughs> as
1: well. You know. Yeah, there you go. That that helps too. That's right. Um, so so that's not something the students are missing out on. Okay. Um, what else? Uh, you know, we were talking about the research earlier. Well, there's lots of research. Those research opportunities. Um, but again, I don't think I, I don't think students are missing out too much on that. The students who want to do it, they they find out about it. Um, they'll ask profs, you know, do you have projects? They'll go door to door, send emails, and and you know, find something to work on. So, are they missing out on that? I don't think so. Um, And the message, I think, you know, that's one of the things we've gotten better at over the years also is is getting those messages out. Here's the things that we want you to pay attention to. Here's the things that you should be uh, looking for, looking at, and so on. Um, In terms of industry uh, contacts and so on, actually, that's going to tie back to an earlier question. That's something that I didn't mention in terms of uh, long-term plans. Um, uh, You know, we have had for a few years now the the uh department of computer science innovation Lab, uh dcsil that's that's doing stuff you know on the on the entrepreneurship side of things and uh, helping to you know bring students and industry together and we've got a bunch of ideas that are being thought about and, and worked on in terms of how to do more of that how to make it easier for companies to come on campus and, and uh, speak to students how to make it easier for students to find those companies and, and you know summer jobs or internships or that sort of thing. Um, some of that is not happening yet so students can't be missing out on what's not happening yet. Right. Students who want jobs and internships like a lot of students know about PY now oh, the yeah. professional experience here um, So again it's, that's not something students are missing out on. Um so all in all, somehow i can 't think of any any single piece of advice where I could say here 's the one thing that nobody 's doing that everybody should do, though you know the things we want you to be doing, I think you are doing them for the most part um you know keep it keep your eyes and ears open i think that's that 's probably the one thing at u of t is if you miss out on something, it's likely not because you, you don't hear about anything. It's because there's too many things. Too, yeah, right? um And it's picking out the one that's really... Meant for you. Meant for you. That's trickier um, from the bunch.
0: I think that's changed a lot in the last couple of uh, years. It's like, I mean, maybe it's because... Like, I think maybe it was a first year's perception. But it's like, I don't... like There were obviously things around me, but I just didn't want to partake. Because obviously, you know, kind of shy... Not really like car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, like the more I guess the older you get, the more mature, the more like used to. Uh, I don't call us mature actually, but the more you <laughs> we, we you know you get used to university, you're like yeah, these are the things I want to do. So I think. Well,
1: and you know, in in first year too, right? You're you're very worried about the academics, right? I just, yeah. I, you know, I I have to make sure that I because. Because that's what you, the message you keep hearing is university is hard, university is hard, it's going to be a lot harder in high school, it's really hard, it's tough, you have to work, and so you, you're bombarded with this from everybody, so you figure, okay, I better really focus on this and do well, and then it's, you know, once you get through that, you kind of realize, wait a minute, yeah, of course I have to work, uh, uh, you know, I have to keep working on this, but it doesn't mean I have to spend 24-7 just doing schoolwork, you know, like I can do other stuff and it's it's good.
2: yeah. You know, adding on to that, and kind of going back to the, the U of T C S community, mm-hmm. uh, I think some what's at least first years could could maybe improve on is is not entirely utilizing the the resources that the C S community actually gives you, especially like you know if you're if you're a student and you're not you haven't come by the, the CSSU, come by ask what we're doing mm-hmm. ask what kind of events we're going to be having, um, <coughs> ask what clubs we're we're trying to we're like associated with. There are some CS clubs. I think there's like the the, the graphics club and there's the game club. There, there, there's there's a bunch. I don't have time to to, yeah, yeah, to, to yeah. mention them all right now. But there is a huge sense of community that I don't think everyone everyone is fully in tune with. That they're, they're just maybe maybe they're just not aware of it. Um, give it give it a shot. Give it a shot if you're listening.
1: It's a good point. Yeah. Um, I'd say I mean one of the differences one of the things in first year that you don't realize is Within the department and also outside of the department at the level of the colleges and even arts and science and so on, there's tons and tons and tons of resources for everything. Yeah, It's all there, but it's not going to come to you. You have to go out and, and ask for those resources and find them. Um, and that's where knowing the places to start asking is good. So, you know, you mentioned the CSSU. That's a great... Resource in and of itself. Here's a bunch of students who've gone through you know yeah. the same thing that that you're going through as a first year student, and they can tell you oh you want to talk to so and so you want to make sure to visit this place you know it, it's a great great way to start. Um, your profs, the you know undergrad office and uh, other administrators within the department, college registrars are a great starting point. And if you know those starting points, then then you have you know you know who to talk to if anything comes up. And the thing is so actually now that I'm saying that, maybe I do have an answer that's more in line with the way you phrase your question. You know, what's one of the things that students are, are missing out on and not doing? I think that is one of the things that some students are missing out on is they they're not realizing that, hey there's something there's some service, there's some help here available that really would help me, really would make a difference and and I missed out on it. I didn't realize till the end of first year. So a typical example is, is uh, you know, students who register with accessibility services to get special writing conditions for final exams. You know, if you've got some kind of exam and test writing anxiety, and you might think, well, everybody gets nervous before tests. So it's not really anxiety, is it? Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. It, you know, so uh, I'm not going to go crying for help just because I'm nervous before an exam. That's just, that's silly. I don't need help. Well, maybe not. But what if you do? What if you do and you don't realize it? Yeah. Then you're putting yourself at a disadvantage by not checking it out. And it doesn't, it, you're already paying for those services through your tuition and all the rest of the stuff. Um, ma- make use of it. Take, you know, go talk to somebody. And, and if you think that's something that's, that might be, you know, even if you're not sure if you think... I, I don't know, maybe do I have test anxiety? Maybe I do, I don't know. Well, there's people who can help you figure it out, right? Just so one example of the sort of thing that if you ask, if you take the time to find out, you might find that it makes things a lot better for you in the long run. Yeah, that's
0: a good idea. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Francois, do you have anything else to add on?
1: Before? Um, no, I think throughout the questions and the discussions, I've I've pretty much said everything that I wanted to say. We're, you know, despite the um, the limits on our teaching capacity and everything, we are really happy to have all of you guys here. Um, we, you know, <laughs> we hope to be able to to keep so more of you around, we? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 um, so don't, again, don't hesitate to come and talk to us. Um, you know, you might get turned away once in a while with, by someone who says I'm really sorry this is a really cool question I, and I, I'd love to talk to you about it but I don't have the time right now um, that's the kind of situation we're in everybody's super busy but, um, but you'll, you'll always find you know, some, uh, someone somewhere willing to, to listen and, and to pay attention to what you have to say so take advantage of this enjoy, enjoy your time here um,
0: yeah. it, it goes by fast
1: it does. Yeah, it does.
2: Chris, anything you want to add on? Uh, not not too much. You know, just shout outs to DCS to for you know kind of uh, supporting in, in, in one way or
0: another this podcast and just for doing all the good work. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. guys Thank do you it. for coming up, friends.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. It was yeah. a pleasure. I
0: uh, I do have one thing. I do have like fine. I do have an answer to question five. Okay. There's a uh, one thing that you're missing out on is uh, sharing and listening to this podcast. Yes. <laughs> <So you> guys, <laughs> share it to your friends y'all listen to it you know, I'm not saying you have to get through all of it but uh, I was surprised we actually had a good amount of listeners for the first one, for the first episode very good yeah we had like 250 which is like 250 more than we expected that's so. awesome <laughs> so so yeah
1: so if there's fewer uh, this time I guess it's my fault right no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be
0: surprised. I surprised i think it would be better yeah because I think first episode was being expressed, now we're like we actually have yeah, I think I think this, this this bunch too in general a lot of black people wanted
1: to
2: hear about good, it so, good good right?
1: I hope it does Alright then, I think uh, that's good. Until next time.